1: A man suspected of murdering Catholic Auxiliary Bishop David O'Connell in Los Angeles over the weekend has been arrested. At a press conference Monday, L.A. County Sheriff Robert Luna identified the suspect as 65-year-old Carlos Medina. Sheriff Luna said Medina is the husband of O'Connell's housekeeper and had done work at the bishop's home. He said a tipster told detectives Medina claimed the bishop owed him money. L.A. Archbishop Jose Gomez said O'Connell immigrated from Ireland and was fluent in Spanish with an Irish accent. He served the city for over 40 years.
2: Every day he worked to show compassion to the poor, to the homeless, to the immigrant, and to all those living on society's margins. He was a good priest, a good bishop, and a man of peace. And we are very sad to lose him.
1: O'Connell was found dead in his bedroom around 1 p.m. on Saturday in the community of Hacienda Heights. Luna said Medina's wife is cooperating with investigators. Bishop O'Connell was described by friends as compassionate, a man who loved to work with people less fortunate than himself. He started the Southern California Immigration Task Force while he was a pastor in South L.A., working to help unaccompanied minors and other migrants build a better future for themselves in this country. Linda Dakin-Grimm is a consulting partner with Milbank LLP in Los Angeles. But after meeting Bishop O'Connell, she now works pro bono on immigration cases.
0: He, I think, saw himself as, you know, a kid who grew up not rich, who was an immigrant himself. And he didn't do this from a perspective of being a benefactor or, you know, somebody higher up. He was among the people that he saw as his people.
1: Dakin Grimm says she'll miss his compassion for others, his humour and his willingness to accept everyone for who they were.
0: Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles. The Snap Judgment podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them, with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Did you know the last secondary lead smelter west of the Mississippi is here in California? It's called Quametco, and it recycles the lead in old car batteries about 25 miles east of downtown Los Angeles. That might sound cool, but the process releases lead into the atmosphere, which then sinks into the soil. In fact, Quemeko's been violating toxic substance regulations for years. Now Quemeko has reached a settlement with the state that allows them to stay open and residents living nearby are not happy. KCRW's Kaylee Wells has the story. This problem actually began in 2015
2: when state officials say Quemeko's spate of 27 pollution violations first started. Director of California's Department of Toxic Substances Control, Meredith Williams, says they gave the company three years to fix their problems, but... Cameco's unresponsiveness was a significant contributing factor to the length of time it took to resolve these issues. Public health agencies say there is no safe level of exposure to lead. A soil sampling in 2016 and 2017 revealed that a third of nearby homes had illegally high lead levels in the soil, and that's according to Cameco's own report. But in the meantime, residents sometimes get sick, and they blame Kwometko.
0: My mother, she did get cancer, a rare cancer. I can't say it's from that place, but, you know, she did end up passing away from it. And also, um, I had three cats that came up with tumors on their body, which I'm also suspecting is from uh, Kwometko.
2: Nick Bukite lives in his childhood home, less than a mile from the plant. His neighbor just got cancer, too, and his dog just developed a tumor. He says it's too expensive to move away. Standing in his backyard, you can see the facility smoke. It's hard to describe the smell. It's subtle, like drying paint.
0: You know, I'm very infuriated, you know. Of course, we live right next to it. And I have my nieces and nephews, my own daughter, you know, and they got to deal with that stuff too.
2: Air quality officials said in 2016 that thousands of people living near Kumeco are at increased cancer risk. Bukite says every year he gets a pamphlet in the mail reminding him of that. Qumetco declined to do an interview, but in a statement, the company says they have not found any significant risks to living near the facility. The company also cited a cancer cluster study that did not find a cluster surrounding Qumetco. They deny some of the pollution accusations and say they're proud to be the cleanest secondary lead smelter in the world. And so the conflict moved to court, says Williams with the Department of Toxic Substances Control. So DTSC was forced to file a civil complaint in 2018 which, in the end, resulted in the recent settlement agreement that was announced last December. The state says Comeco has fixed almost all of its 27 violations. The settlement allows it to operate while it fixes the last two. Comeco also has to pay $2.3 million in penalties. This agreement has not satisfied nearby question. residents.
0: I say shut them down. Yeah. Yeah. Shut them down. They've been non-compliant for
2: years. Which they made clear at a community meeting last week. They have, should have consulted with us because it is our lives that are being affected by this. Adriana Quinones has lived here for 23 years. Her sister has cancer and her nephew died of a rare cancer at 35 despite no family history. She says the fine struck many of them as way too low. Because $2.3 million is not sufficient. For the number of people that have died, the people that have uh, health issues. As part of the settlement, the state also reduced the severity of some of Quimetco's recorded violations. Now, Quimetco can continue its application to expand its operations by 25 percent.
1: If there was ever a time when it was appropriate to have a secondary lead smelter
2: in Los Angeles County, that time has long since passed. Angela johnson Mizarros is the managing attorney at Earth Justice, which represents residents impacted by Quimetco.
0: They're asking for no expansion, figure out a way to remove this facility and clean up its historic contamination.
2: Right now, there's no path to any of those happening. In the meantime, residents say they're focused on raising awareness, posting videos of the factory and creating public pressure to meet their demands. For The California Report, I'm Kaylee Wells in Hacienda Heights.
1: And that's the California Report for Tuesday, February 21st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day.
0: Support for the California Report comes from Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at Guideline.com/slash CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. Stanford Healthcare. Alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now's the time to donate blood and make a difference, stanfordbloodcenter.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at schmidtfutures.com. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years?